This is Unqualified Parenting. If you're looking for tips on parenting, relationships, self-care, or just need someone to relate to, you've come to the right place. We may be unqualified, but our info is anything but. It's a show full of parenting failures, parenting wins, and some amazing guests. I'm Jen, a full-time bio mom and part-time stepmom. And I'm Cody, a dad who recently remarried and has full custody of his daughter. And we're here to bring you our unique perspectives from our two very different blended families. Hi, Jen. Hi, Cody. How are you? I'm great. Yeah? Just got back from a four-day trip. Vacation time. First vacation since 2019. Like, like when you say just got back, you mean like Will's touchdown just a couple hours ago. Yeah. So you're like, you haven't even like acclimated to being <laughs> a person again. No. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> so we've got vacation Jen. That's right. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there's anything new with me at all. We're just waiting to get our basement put back together. As are a lot of people right now with Hurricane Ida. Yeah. It's crazy. It is really bad out there. Um, we have a great episode planned. We have a guest today. Um, today our guest is going to be Kim Giles. Am I saying that right, Kim? Or is it Giles? Yeah, you got it. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. So our guest today is Kim Giles. She is a master life coach and speaker who helps clients improve themselves and their relationships. She's the author of Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. She has this awesome free clarity assessment available on her website, and we'll give you the details at the end of the episode so you don't have to run and find a pen right now. And then she uh, she has a lot of articles on ksl.com. If you're not a uh, Utah listening to this, you, you can go to ksl.com. It's just a news station. And Kim's articles on there are fantastic. Um, hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to be on it with you guys. Yeah, we haven't had a guest in a while. So when you agreed to do it, both Jen and I were just ecstatic. We were so excited. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk about blended families. It's a fun topic. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I I actually my husband sent me the article because he's like, You gotta read this. It's so good. And I was like, it's so good that she needs to be on our podcast. <laughs> but uh, the article's titled, uh, which we'll link it in the show notes as well, but uh, Coach Kim, Understanding Your Complex Blended Family. And I was hoping that you could kind of go over the different dynamics of stepchildren that you kind of cover in your article, because there's like three stepkids and then two step-parenting dynamics that you touch on. And I thought that they were really well done. Cool. Yeah, we can talk about those for sure. Um, maybe just to give you a little info that might help make yes. them make a little bit more sense. Um, all of the, the stuff that I write and speak about is kind of related to fear. And, and what happened about 25 years ago, I recognized that all the conflict in my family, anytime there was an issue between any two people, there was a fear trigger in play that was actually creating the bad behavior hmm. and, and the problem. And there's two simple fears that once you kind of get used to this idea and you're watching for these two fears, it's one of the two or both that's in play all the time. And so the, the two core fears are the fear of failure, yeah. which is that deeply personal fear of inadequacy that every single human being has, we're all afraid we might not be good enough. We all suffer from some fear of failure to some degree every day. Yeah, totally. Okay. The second one I call the fear of loss. And it's really this belief that I'm not safe and I have to protect myself because all of you all can take from me and mistreat me. And I can basically take from the quality of my life. So I'm kind of on guard all the time to protect myself from everybody hmm. because I have some fear of loss issues and we all have them. We have those every day. Yeah. But one of the things that happens that I think makes blending so hard and we'll talk about them in these different dynamics is simply divorce brings up a lot of fear of failure and a lot of fear of loss. Oh, for sure. Right. So everybody involved in this family and and they could have come to it in, in a lot of different ways. Maybe a spouse died, which is horrendous loss. It doesn't matter how we all got here. We've all experienced a lot of loss. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Our life has not gone the way we wanted it to. Yeah. No one says, I want to be a stepmom when I grow up. <laughs> right? Okay. So we're all kind of functioning in this fear of loss state a little bit, which means our guards are up a little bit. Right. And we're, we're watching for mistreatment. And then we're more easily triggered all the time. And divorce and separation also triggers a lot of fear of failure. Kids blame themselves. They, they think maybe if I was better, this wouldn't have happened. Um, parents, you know, when they, when you get divorced, this person didn't want to be married to you anymore. So that brings up fear of failure. So we've got a lot of people that are easy to trigger in this home. And, and when you understand that a lot of the stuff that's happening is just coming from, they don't feel safe or good enough. And, th- and that puts you in a place where your whole focus is trying to find some sense of safety and good enough again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ways that we do that aren't always productive, um, aren't always helpful, and often cause more problems. <laughs> so I, I think just as, as I give you that foundation, it might help you kind of understand these different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we look at stepchildren, we do, we get some that through whatever uh, death or divorce or whatever happened, you know, there's been this gaping hole in their life. Sometimes they've lost that other parent, they've moved away or whatever's happened. And, and they are in a place where another loving adult stepping in really cures the loss. Okay. Mm. And, and helps make them have less pain. And it isn't that beautiful when that happens it's just that's not often the, <laughs> the that's very true. <laughs> it's wonderful, but it doesn't happen very often because in reality, most children who come into this have lost their quality of life, the family that they wanted to have, the the time with one of the parents, and and they are experiencing a lot of pain around this every day. And to be honest, this new step parent shows up makes my parent happy, but to me, they literally represent all the pain and loss that I'm feeling. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they represent it. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to irritate me just by breathing (laughs) and eating my family. It's going to bother me. Um, You're, you're standing in a place where my other parent is supposed to be. You Mm. shouldn't be here. And they're going to have all this pain and stuff around that. And it's so vital for us to recognize that none of that has anything to do with you. Yeah, this, totally. You can't take this personally. This child is experiencing really natural feelings of pain and loss and not liking you is part of that. And they are entitled to feel that way as they process this thing. And they've got to have a lot of time to get to know you and any expectation when when you come into a step family and you're you just think it's all going to gel <laughs> right off the bat, <laughs> and you guys, I'm sure know this and talk about this all the time. That's for sure. Unrealistic. Yeah. yeah, I remember as a kid when my parents got divorced, um, my mom started dating like right away, and she went through a few marriages. And I don't think I ever once took whoever she would was married too seriously ever <laughs> i was just like dude you're just a placeholder until the next one comes and i just i never had any type of connection at all with my stepdad mm. you know they were always that kind of like you said kim that symbol of you know loss and failure and yeah yeah they really are and and it actually the older that the child is when the step parent comes in the harder it is I, I found if, you know, the kids are really young, they they can process this and, and get shift and be ready for this different family yeah. dynamic a lot easier. The older they are, the harder. Why is that? Well, I, I just think we're, it's a bigger loss because we're more used to the way things were. We had it longer. That time so investment. The loss of losing it hurts more. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've got to have a rule in your home that this step parent is treated with respect. You, that's not an option. You have to be respectful. You don't have to love them. You don't have to like them. You don't have to feel comfortable with them because 
we can't expect anybody, we can't make anybody feel those things mm -mm. that has come over time. And we have to give each other room to process where we are. And for especially, you know, a little bit older child who's going through this, they have every right to be experiencing all of these emotions and to be angry and to be really disappointed and to be mad about it. And they're going to act out. And the more that you expect that this kind of thing is going to go on, that this is one of the blending dynamics that's very normal, the more you can just love them where they are, let them, let them be angry mm -hmm. this week and, and have some compassion for how painful all this must be for them. And, and even that when attack is thrown right at you and it, you know, it's going to feel personal and look personal. Yeah. It's not about you. You got to so be mature enough to recognize what is really going on is just a fear problem. And they have every right to be experienced. And we just got to give them time and patience and love as they work through it. And over time, if you stay in that mature of a place yeah. where you don't get pulled in and react and, you know, react badly back about the anger and turn it into a bigger, if, if you can stay calm and wise and see it for what it is as much as possible, because we're not going to be perfect, but over time you'll earn their respect yeah, and not a good chance hard. you'll be able to build a good relationship with them. Yeah. It's. I feel like as new step parents, you don't do any research right off the bat because you just kind of assume like, oh, we'll see how it goes. It's just like, a person. I it's see not people a, all the time. Yeah, it's not a problem yet. And then once it becomes a problem, which is sometimes years <laughs> down the line, then you're like, oh, shit, I wish I would have <laughs> known all of these things. Yeah, you know, I, I really believe the most important thing that you can do if you're thinking about getting married and blending <laughs> family, you got to start researching and reading and listening and learning to podcasts like you guys. And, and so that you're ready when these things start to happen, because if you've handled them badly, you've already, it's going to be harder to go back. Now yeah. I don't want to discourage anyone who hasn't done the work before. Now start where you are today, start reading and learning so that you recognize the challenges but boy, if you're thinking about getting into read the books, yeah. there's so there's there's a lot of good resources out there now. Mm -hmm. Well, and even if even if you don't pick up anything from the books and you don't use anything from any books or podcasts you listen to, you're at least gonna have an idea of what's coming. Yeah, yeah, which will help for sure. I'd rather so have too many really, tools than not enough. Yeah. I, I didn't really hit the third, the third stepchildren dynamic that I had in the article was the ones that, boy, I mean, they are really angry. They, and, and they may get to a place where they want to destroy the relationship. They'll do everything they can to, you know, put you in a position where you have to choose between your spouse and them. And so that, and, and they're not, I, I, this isn't coming from just evil. It's just coming from their pain. They're really, really in pain when they're reacting like that. But that is a dynamic that can, that can happen. Mm -hmm. And it, it requires even a greater deal of compassion and understanding and letting things ride out. And one of the things that might be helpful today for your listeners is um, if we talk a little bit about how to manage when your fear, your own fears get triggered by this kind of behavior because yeah. they will. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. And you're going to start to experience fear of failure and fear of loss in a big way. And, and being able to keep yourself balanced when things get really hard. I, that's our number one job because you are the only thing you have any control over. So you just being able to manage your fear reactions to things, I, I think is the, best skill or tool we kind of share tonight. Damn, so much easier said than done. <laughs> you know, I can face, I can face a situation like this and I can be like, look, I got the tools. We've been doing the podcast. I know what I'm doing. And still in that scenario, lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And lose sight of all that. Um, I liked in the article how you mentioned that 
as as long as your marriage is good, you can weather the storm of parenting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like not a lot of people recognize that. Not a lot of people put the marriage first. Yeah. And then the kids second. Mm-hmm. Kim, what would you recommend as like ways to like stop yourself and kind of remind yourself that look, it's just the kids. It doesn't matter. It's not my value. I'll be okay. You know, it's just a day. Go to the next. How do you do that? Well, and it's tricky the the putting the marriage first because there's there's a level with the blended family where where you're two single parents coming together. And as a single parent, your children are your first priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that it's tricky when we come together because um, you're going to be put in a lot of positions where you have to choose between making the new spouse or your child happy. Yeah. That's going to happen a, a great deal. So I don't want to say as much across the board, put the new spouse yeah. first because that's not always the right answer, but do a lot of investing in the relationship um, because the strength of the relationship is, is going to be vital in being able to weather that storm and, and get through it. Um, and, and the biggest thing that we've got to learn to do for each other is help each other to feel safe in this, even though there's all of this um, behavior and, and conflict and stuff going around that feels very unsafe. Yeah. Um, and I do have a couple ways, um, that I teach my clients to, to be responsible for their own sense of safety. So even if things are going bad and, and I'm being triggered and this child's acting out and I feel like things aren't fair and, um, I can step back from all of that and know how to rebalance myself and feel safe in it because it's only when I feel safe that I can access that love and wisdom and, and really show up the way I want to and not just reactive with emotion. Yeah. So could I share with you maybe a few ideas? No, that'd be fantastic. Is one of, is one of the answers alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't always make things better. <laughs> no, when alcohol doesn't work, I go for a pint of Ben and Jerry's, and that that does the trick. It's Ice one or the other. The second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so really, when you get triggered, it's going to be that you you feel like you're being criticized, you're you're being seen as not good enough, or maybe you really feel like you're failing. Um, and that's going to be painful for you, or you're going to feel lost that things aren't fair or aren't right. They shouldn't be this way. And, and that's just going to irritate and trigger you. So either way, we're having a fear of failure and a fear of loss problem. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're out of balance in a state other than one that's peaceful and loving and wise, you're, you're in fear. Mm-hmm. And a matter of fact, just keep this so simple. Every minute of the day, there's only two states you function from in that home. You function from a fear state where you don't feel safe and you don't feel good enough and you're not going to be your best. Or you function from a place that you feel good enough and safe. And because you're okay, you can actually really show up for others in the home and what they need. So if there's only those two states, the most important thing for you to know what is is how to get yourself from fear into that safe state. Yeah. So there's a couple little tricks that I found over 25 years and, and they may seem oversimplified, but as you start to play with them, they're so profound and they're so powerful in your ability to calm and center yourself. You want to know what they are? Yes. Yes. Desperately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let's, let's take fear of failure first. Um, because we all experience it every day and it gets you out of balance all the time when you feel insecure. Okay. So I want you to understand it, it's ba- it's coming from a belief you have that you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that belief that I'm not good enough is actually coming from another foundational belief you have that human value can change. That That if you could just do better, make more money, lose weight or whatever you you can earn more value and then you can feel better about yourself but you also believe that if you make mistakes and screw up and 
you know, gain weight, lose money, whatever, you, you feel less than other people. And you guys can probably tell your self-esteem kind of goes up and down. Man, you like pegged me right on the nose there. Are you saying <laughs> human value doesn't change? I am saying your belief that it changes, that you can earn more and that you can lose it is a belief. It's not a fact. Mm. Love that. It's a belief. I feel like my it's, husband needs to hear this about so many things. I'll go get him. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he so you he guys, listens to the podcast. As long <laughs> as you believe that human value can change, you're going to always see some people as better than other people. And no matter how hard you try to do better, you're always going to find people that are doing better than you, and you will always feel like you're not enough. And if you believe that, you'll also see your children as less than. Right. Which is not respectful parenting. Well, and you look for the bad in other people and gossip about them and stuff because making them worse makes you feel like you're better. Like you're better. Yeah. There's all kinds of bad stuff that happens from this belief. And it's not your only belief option. You could choose to change your belief about human value and decide that all human souls have the exact same intrinsic value no matter what they do, no matter what they look like, no matter where they live or anything else, human souls have the same worth. Kim, I think you broke my brain for a little bit here. I don't even know what to say. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like, like I'm Democrat. I'm left-leaning. You know, I'm not racist. And we teach our kids not to be racist or xenophobic, and everyone's the same. But then when it comes to parenting, you're just like, man, I didn't play with my kid. I'm a bad parent. Yeah. But we don't realize or that like, like, how did they afford an RV up the street? How come I don't have an RV? Why don't I make as much money as that guy up the street? You know, like you're constantly comparing yourself to we others. We teach our kids that every human is just a human. But I don't think as a parent, I've actually practiced that from like not a racial point, but just from like a parenting point, right? Like these snacks are dad snacks dad has more value dad eats these in the middle of the night when he goes to sleep <laughs> dad so is doesn't. more important than you <laughs> what i'm hearing you say is that sucks to hear that you do believe some people have more value than others but it's the world has taught us that belief we've all bought into it at yeah. the subconscious level we we do see ourselves and people that way yeah we so buy into way. hook line and sinker and then try to convince people that we didn't buy into it at all yeah. So just imagine what happens if you change the system for you, your belief, every human has the same value. So imagine now your son um, wins the soccer game and they come off the field all cocky. They're thinking they're better than the other kids. And you remind him, that's great. You guys played really well. But remember, this doesn't change your value. You still yeah. have the same value. You still failed your math test. <laughs> well, when my kids bring home an A or an F, Either way, they hear the exact same thing from me. I say, interesting experience. What did you learn from this? And remember that this grade doesn't change your value. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, like, whenever my stepdaughter is like, oh, I did this awesome thing, I try to say, like, you should be very proud of yourself. Or, like, I try to put it on them instead of me. Like, oh, you, you're you so was, good. You're amazing. You know what I mean? I, like, I, was, I was reading this Reddit thread on the like parenting subreddit and someone mentioned that like she, she has a girl and she, she's only had boys and she had a girl and every time she goes to a family function, all the relatives always tell her how pretty she is, how skinny she is. And her mom's like, stop, tell her she's healthy, how healthy she looks, you know, like, like tell her how like your hair looks like stop telling her she's pretty like just tell her she's kind and compassionate yeah she's healthy that's that's a good value to have Mm -hmm. and you're kind and smart funny and a hard worker but her all of her relatives just kept telling her daughter how pretty she was and she was like stop you're going to ruin her (laughs) so you're right well we need to stop thinking that appearance property performance anything affects value all of those things are lessons they're they're classroom material in the classroom of life they're teaching us things but they don't change your value at all yeah. now a, a, a mental construct that kind of helps us get that is if we see life as a classroom not a test yeah so a test your grade is in question and any mistake changes it right if right. you're in a classroom everything that happens is to learn 
but your grades are not on the table. There is no grade here. We all have the same value. We're just in different classes, learning all these different lessons from each other, but our value stays the same. Nothing more valuable you could start teaching your kids, but for you, when you start to have those moments of, I am completely failing at this. <laughs> okay, you're, you're in the middle of a difficult classroom and you're struggling with it. The good thing, you still have the same value as every other human being on the planet because you can't have anything else. You can't fail. You can't be less. You're just in your perfect classroom and you're learning. But let's start taking our value off the table. So it, it makes you bulletproof. You can go into situations and struggle and it's okay. It, I'm learning things from it. But yeah, our value we're always changing. learning, even if we fail. Yeah. So, so just hold on to that for a minute, this idea of trusting that your value can't change. Okay. okay. Now I want to go to fear of loss for a minute. Fear of loss is actually the belief that you're not safe. And a million things a day make us feel not safe. Think of all the things you worry about that might happen. We, we're stressing all the time. Every bit of stress is fear of loss. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so fear of loss is partly happening because of another belief that you have that life is random chaos and everybody is out there making choices and their choices take from you, which can ruin the quality of your life. And because you believe that the universe is just this chaos, um, you're, you're at risk in it and you feel unsafe. Now you have another belief option here, another belief option. And it, we can't prove there's no source of truth on any of this. It's all right. belief, but you've got an option to trust the universe that it knows what it's doing. It mm -hmm. is a wise teacher that works with all of our choices that we make off the cuff all the time to create the perfect classroom for each of us, that there's actually some order in the universe. And I, I think almost everybody can see synchronicities that happen right. and there's some order going on. Yeah. You guys see it? Yeah. Oh, I totally believe that. Okay. So if we really made it a practice to trust the universe, I, I really believe nothing exists God didn't create. And it's all part of this, this universe, universe, there's forces at yeah. work. And I'm literally totally safe in every moment because even the really hard ones are still the perfect classroom journey for me that are here to grow me and bless me right. and help me be better. So if everything is actually here to grow you and bless you, then there is no loss. That's a good point. So when my spouse does something with the, his children and minefield treated unfairly and it's blown up on us and we've got this big issue, in that moment, you have two choices. You can see it as a loss and mistreatment, or you can see it as today's really interesting classroom. <laughs> That's a really good way of looking at it. And it is here to teach you something. How differently might you respond if you saw it that way? Well, totally. It wouldn't be, hey, you didn't do your chores all the way. It'd be, hey, let me give you some tips and pointers so you don't forget this next time. Or you do this right. Or this will help on your math test next time. You know? Yeah. Or it. you sit back and you go, okay, normally I would react and I would get upset about this, but this is my classroom. I got to rise here. How can I handle this kind of thing better? How can I learn to... And, and to put myself in their shoes and imagine, you know, really what kind of things they're experiencing, what fears are in play with them, and how can I learn from this instead of just react to it? Yeah. I like that. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Like, I feel like I go, I go, I like go in and out of that, like naturally with my daughter. But I think that when I do go out of it, I think you're right. I think it's from that fear of like, we've been battling this for three years now at school and we're still battling it. Like... Am I not enough? Am I not, you know, living up to it? Um, and then that holds her back. And, you know, we don't, yeah, we don't really grow from that. We don't learn from that. Yeah. So now I want you to put those two things together a little bit. 
in any moment of the day when you're getting triggered and not the best you is showing up, if you just were to step back for a minute and trust that your value is not in question, you, you have the same value as every other person on the planet, no matter how this goes. And this is your perfect classroom to be here. Really, if those two things are your truth that you're choosing to trust in, then you're safe. Yeah. You're okay here. And when you're safe, you can get out of what you need and you can actually pay attention to what's going on with this kid and with my spouse and what do they, they need here. I, I can step into their shoes easier. But when you feel taken from, mistreated, or not good enough, you're so unsafe that your whole focus is on trying to make yourself feel better. Right. So if yelling does that, if walking out does that, if grounding the kid for the next year does that, <laughs> feel better, that's what you'll go with. And it's all about you. That's really interesting. Yeah, so I've never. I like of... that. It's like, yeah, it's like just a different point of view. It's like watching yourself through the window. Yeah, and yeah. being more focused on the situation instead of like, how can I fix it or how can I or should I fix myself? It? Yeah, like like why do I have to be the one to fix it? Yeah, do why, I have why, to prove that I'm good enough to why fix do I need it to or add that value? And does it need to be fixed? Can it be something that just happens? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I like that. You're more likely to let some stuff go mm -hmm. when you feel safe. I think my wife and I are going to have to have some more kids so I can try some stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> this one's this one's already old enough. She's on her way out. I got to try. Well, well, nobody can hear this once and really like have it down and no. put it into practice and stuff. But if if listeners want to learn more about how to kind of manage themselves so they can stay calm and mature, that it's everything I write. Um, my my column on KSL every week. And and actually I've got a little blog where I put all the KSL articles into searchable. Oh, okay. Nice. And a matter of fact, if if you go to it's coachkimgiles.com. Okay. So pretty easy. But you could search blending or step family and it'll pull up all the articles that I've written on that topic. And there's there's a bunch of really good ones about how to be how to not be the evil stepmom. How to be a good stepfather. That's really smart. Lots of resources. And then my my book on Amazon is the whole thing is about helping you manage yourself. And it's easy, the, the process in the book. So I like that because that's all you really can do is control you. That's it. You can't control other people. You can't really manage other people. Like you can only control your emotions and your reactions and yeah, especially important in a in a step family because there's going to be a lot of emotions that you have no control over. So. Yeah, and where was that uh, quiz that Cody was talking about earlier? Um, ClarityPointCoaching.com is is my coaching website. Um, we provide coaching to individuals or families. We also certify people that want to be a coach at ClarityPointCoaching.com, and there's a an assessment that really helps you see the subconscious fear that's in play with you on paper. So hmm. it's really fascinating. It's free to just go take. To do that. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to take it. I'm scared. Well, <laughs> have no. to take it. Seriously, all of us, every human on the planet is afraid of failure and loss every day. Yeah. We are. It's, it's just how much and when and what triggers it in us that's different. And that's what the report will kind of show you. Yeah. How it gets you. Honestly, that answers like all of my questions because it's, if you look at it as like intrinsic value, then it just changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we stress so much about judgment and if we're good enough and, and really it's all wasted energy. It would be nice to just let that go. Like that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it'll just take a little practice. Yes, I'm that, sure. That program, that belief that you have to earn value to prove by myself. your appearance and what you do, and it, it's deeply ingrained. So it's going to take some practice. Yeah. So you just keep at it, and you'll get it. 
Well, that's fantastic. Like, I know I say this every time we have a guest on where I'm just like, wow, I have a long list of stuff that I need to like look into and research. Oh yeah, we were both taking notes. <laughs> like like I hope you don't don't feel like we weren't like engaging. We were both like furiously typing notes as you were talking. <laughs> so this was more like a college lecture for us than anything else. We, like I'm sure we both have like, okay, I'm going to try this. All right, I need to remember this. How am I going to set a reminder for this? So this has been absolutely fantastic. And we'll put a link to uh, your website Clarity Point Coaching. Um, a link to your website where you've got all of your uh, documents, thecoachkimgiles.com. And then we'll also throw the link for your uh, your book on Amazon in the show notes as well. So Thank if you, you. want to check out cool. Kim, all of her links are going to be in the show notes. Um, that way you don't have to type them down or try to like make a note. Or just say, hey, Google, go to Kim.com. <laughs> you could do that. All right. Yeah. If if you're lazy and your personal value is below typing, <laughs> then you could just tell Google. But um, yeah, we want to thank you. It's It's been yeah. awesome to have you on and we might have to take this quiz and try some stuff out and have you back. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Anytime. You I guys are like a lot of fun. Progress update. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for being on the show. And yeah, we'll probably reach out to have you back on. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, thanks guys. All right. So I feel like what we were just talking about with Kim and the intrinsic value, I feel like that really spoke to how I tried to be on my trip this weekend. Ooh, do tell. Because I've been working on confidence. I don't remember what show we watched. Actually, no, it was something Detective about... Pikachu. No. So close. There's something about John Malkovich. And there's a girl in that. Hang on, there's something... I think you're combining two movies. There's something about John Malkovich? Or being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. Or there's something about Mary Malkovich. (laughs) Being John Malkovich. Ten things I hate about John Malkovich. (laughs) Being John Malkovich. So have you seen it before? Oh fuck yeah. It's a great film. So weird. It's so weird. So weird. So there's a girl in it. And she's so hot, guys. So she's not though. I don't remember. So she's she's attractive, but she's not like you know, like Jessica Alba. I don't remember. She's attractive. She is. I'm not talking about Cameron Diaz. Like she's banging hot. But the other girl, the the girl that. Catherine Kinnear. Yeah, that'd be her. So. Greg Kinnear's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's attractive. But her confidence like made her so much hotter. Like she just didn't give a shit. She was comfortable in her skin. And like, I want to be like that. I just want to be like, cause that's like, we've talked about this. I think where like confidence is like the most attractive thing. It is like, like it'll raise you three points on the hot. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. Just if you're confident. Depending where you live, maybe four points. Yeah. Like Utah. (laughs) Cause like, cause like I'm not, I'm not attracted to big women. But if I see a big one who's super confident, not like crazy makeup, like, you know, how some big women overcompensate, like, mm-hmm. look at my face, not my size. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know? I apologize to big women for Cody. <laughs> you know, like, do you, I know, know what you, do you remember the Drew yeah. Carey show? Yeah. Mindy? Oh, dear God. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. But if, if there's a big woman she's put together and she's confident. Mm-hmm. So attractive. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care. If you're confident and mildly attractive. So this weekend, I was playing poker, like in a poker room, poker, and Indian Reservation Casino in Washington. And usually I get to sit with Steve for years. Who's Steve? My husband. Since we're playing poker. (laughs) That's good for the listeners. Good job, Cody. Um and we went in, and she's like, you'll have to sit at different tables. And I'm like, okay. So I sit down, and there's eight other guys. There are, like, half of them are bearded. 90% of them are older than me by a ways. And I'm sure they all are looking at me like, oh, 
here comes a girl that's like, what's an ace? Is it high or low? What does the flop mean? Like, I don't know. All how of to my poker. cards are red. Yeah. Is that good? Oh, do I flip them? <laughs> oh, I have to flip them over. Oh, sorry. Should I bet? I got faces and puddle dog <laughs> feet. Yeah. <laughs> so diamonds they- are the best, right? Because they're a girl's <laughs> best friend. I have a two, six, a seven, a queen, and a nine. <laughs> So I sit down and they all look at me like, fuck. And I'm feeling like. As you like, pull out like your poker shades. <laughs> so I'm sometimes, honestly, when I've been in one over, I'll kind of like, you know, dress nice and act like oh, a little bit like I don't know because I feel intimidated. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm just going to play. So first hand I fold. Second hand, which those of you who don't know poker, I flopped a flush. That's gross. Guys. Which <laughs> don't, if your girl flops My a flush, flush right on the table. That's, that's, that's a deal breaker. It guys. means I got a flush pretty much immediately. I had to bet one time. There's like four different bets you place. I got a flush fast. So I knew the odds of me winning the hand are very good. So I slow played it is what they call it. Where I bet like I don't have a flush. I bet like I don't know what is the fuck I'm doing. Is this a 20 or a 1? <laughs> So I rake in all this money off the second hand and this guy says, welcome to the table, ma'am. And I said, thank you. And like they immediately, like the respect level immediately went up. Like they all looked at me like, oh shit, she knows what she's doing. And then my husband was able to join our game like pretty much a couple hands later. But like I felt so good that I just like established myself as... Um, what's crazy though is later three jacks came out at a jack in my hand again slow played it I had quad jacks I I guarantee you when you left the table those guys were like fucking women am I right yeah man (laughs) Steve stayed at the table and he he said they (laughs) talked about me later because he's like you wouldn't believe this tiny girl shows up and gets quad jacks it was the best poker night I've had I walked away up $190, like covered the meals for the rest of the trip. It was amazing. And I feel like when she was talking about the universe, like recognizing this, I feel like because I sat down confident, the universe was like, here's quad jacks. I got quad nines two hands later. That reminds me of, you've watched season two of Ted Lasso. Yes, but listeners may have not. Okay. This is like, Totally not a spoiler at all. Okay. Totally not a spoiler. Anyways, big ass, badass boss bitch. You know who I'm talking about, boss bitch. And they're trying to help like one of the coaches with his confidence so Mm -hmm. that he can get a table at a restaurant for his parents. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not famous. I can't do this. They're like, they're like asking for like confidence tips and badass boss bitch says that before she goes into any meeting room where it's just guys. She stands in front of the mirror and she like lifts her arms up like she's like a bear, like trying to go. <laughs> and she makes this growl noise and she's like, I make myself as large and as intimidating as possible. And then I walk in the room. Yeah. And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso on Apple Plus or Apple TV, it's worth the subscription oh my alone. Gosh. It's it so is good. Like, it's so wholesome and funny. It's wholesome and f- some of the best writing since maybe Breaking Bad. Roy Bat. is hot. Like, Roy Kent. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good And show. there's a hot girl in it too for there's you plenty. men. There's for plenty. you few men out there. Badass boss bitch. Oh, she's. She see, because the confidence. She does it for Even me. though she's older. Yes. It's the fucking confidence. It's the confidence. Because if she, if she, if I saw her in person. You'd be like, she's too old for me. I would wet myself and probably fill my prosthetic leg with urine. <laughs> because she's so confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's amazing. Anyways. The, yeah, the scene of her doing that and making herself as big as possible. And when she's done, like both the people in the room go, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. I feel like that's kind of what you got to do. You kind of have to like yeah find what psychs you up or like, yeah. you know, it's weird. I get super confident if there's a ton of people around me. I go into I like performance that. mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm funny. I'm engaging everybody. Yeah. Everybody. You're a super funny guy. Put so. me in a room with like three people. 
I'm like, hey, guys, I'm just going to look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> did you just shiver? Yeah, I did. It's cold. I was worried you were going to have a stroke that first <laughs> second. I was like, I need no, a tongue depressor. I need a tongue depressor. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold in my basement. 90 degrees outside. Uh, it's cold. Anyways, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh Confidence, confidence is sexy and i want to be confident and so i've just been like telling myself you are can i can i give you a tip for your kids because we're talking about confidence for parents but we're not talking about Me? confidence for kids or the listeners everyone oh when we first started taking aubrey to therapy mm-hmm. and we we're kind of working through some stuff her therapist said go onto this website 101 self-affirmations Print them out, cut them out, put them in a Ziploc bag. And And at dinner, have your kid pull one out and read it. Mm. And then ask them what they think that means. Because kids kids look surface level only most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you having for dinner? It's pizza. Right, but I made it out of cake batter and (laughs) icing. So what is it? It's pizza. No, it's cake. No, it's pizza. (laughs) You know, so like... So we would have her pull one of these affirmations and read it. We'd ask her what she thought it was. And that gives you as a parent time to try to think of the best way to make that affirmation make sense without like overburdening your kid, I guess, with like a weird explanation. Can you give us an example of one of the affirmations? So like one of the affirmations could be like, I am selfless. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Super easy. And you ask your kid, what does selfless mean? And the kid's going to be like, I share my toys. Yeah. Right? I'm kind with people. And you can kind of say, that's really good. Yeah, you're on the right track. Being mm-hmm. selfless means that you worry about others before yourself. Even in, you know, times when you'd be, you know, very, I don't know, jealous of somebody. Yeah. You know, and then we kind of talk through it as a family and kind of end on like a high note. And this is what it means. And okay, I want you to focus on it. Then the next morning, all right, you're going to focus on being selfless at school today. That's really cool. And like, it takes no effort. Except printing them out, cutting them out. You got 101 of them, so that's 101 nights of pulling affirmations. And you can do this as an adult, too. Yeah. And I got, like... And I like that it's not telling you, like, do you feel selfless because you need to be selfless. It's more like, just what does it mean? Yeah. That's it. Just try to do it. That's awesome. And honestly, just try to do it once. You don't have to be selfless all day. Yeah. But just try to find a situation where you normally aren't and then be selfless. Or like one can be like, like, I'm smart and that's more important than being pretty. And you can like talk about it and like, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's like some of these affirmations that come up. So like that one, for example, I'm smart and that's better than being pretty. You as an adult can come in and this is your chance to be honest, depending on your kid's maturity and say, to a point. And this is the real world. The real world values attractiveness mm. over being smart. But. Being attractive doesn't mean wearing nice clothes. It means being confident. Yeah. It means knowing who you are. Valuing yourself. And so it it just like jumps off all these cool little points and it's so easy to do and kids love it because little kids love to read, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. They love to show off. Well, yeah, they want to be the center of attention. So if you're like, read to us and we'll talk to you. And then it makes them think. It makes them think about what they're reading and thinks about who they are and where they're I don't know. I think it's a great thing. And you can do it to yourself as an adult. You can print off random affirmations. You can go to a website. I'm pretty sure if you typed in random daily affirmations, you'd get an app Yeah, that can do it. And if you just read the affirmation, it's going to stick with you throughout your day at some point. Mm-hmm. And when that next affirmation comes up that night or whatever, like you can, I don't know, you can, I don't know, it just betters you. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. And also it doesn't change your value either like your family still loves you even if you're not selfless all the time yeah and no one is no one ever is yeah i think one of the most important things i do with aubrey is i'm just like look grown-ups are just kids that just think they know how things work and we don't that's all we are we're mm-hmm. just making shit up constantly yeah very very few of us have it together yeah and that's that's okay yep because we're all in a classroom learning well, Jen, what's your best of the week, you worst always. of the week, and what are you going to focus on? I did so that right, yo. You did do it right. 
So my best was a much needed trip where I I worked on confidence and felt like I was rewarded. My worst is I feel like I've been too busy in general. So whenever my daughter like wants to play or to show me something, like oftentimes I'm like, not now, later. And I think she's been acting up a little bit more because of that. So I'm... Do you think it's because she feels... (laughs) (laughs) You like leaned in the microphone and then burped. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Um, I forgot what I was going <laughs> You weren't supposed to notice I burped. You well, did it in the microphone. You're supposed to just ignore it. do it to the side. I had a different marker I was putting down. Now I don't remember what it was for. Uh, anyway, too busy for my daughter. You were going to say, do you think she... Do you think she feels like your priorities change when it's like that? Like, oh, now I'm not a priority. I was talking to Dean about this because she's like, why all of a sudden are the kids like, watch me and then they like flail their arms and you're like what the fuck why did you distract me what's, what's his name on mad tv hey, look what i can Stuart. do, look what I can do. <laughs> yeah i'll push the button and i thought about it and i said i think it's because for the first two years of their life we are constantly watching them because they're always about to die not only that but you're always saying Wow, good job picking up your toy. See, and I tried wow, very good hard. job putting your shoe on. Wow, <laughs> you're the best at putting on a coat. I tried very hard not to be fake like that. Hey, you suck at that. <laughs> wrong shoe on the wrong <laughs> no. foot. Like, you put on your shoe. Like, very, you know, <laughs> like this is what you did. You put a shoe on. Millions of people do that every day. Yeah, not. Well, <laughs> You're not special <laughs> or important in any way. Get the fuck up and just deal with it. Uh, but we're always watching them. Our eyes are on them. And then they turn three. Uh, but we're always watching them. Our eyes are on them. And then they turn three. And they kind of are self-aware enough that they can go and do their own thing a little bit. But they're thinking, why aren't you watching me every second? Like, you have my entire life since the moment I can remember. And I think that that's why they go through this look at me phase. And they is start it, getting that insecurity. Is it so, if or I can help her feel secure by giving her lots Valid of undivided tension. attention, but then also is telling. Because the need to I feel val- validated is, I mean, universal. Yep. And validation is attention. Attention is not validation. I don't know. Attention. Do three-year-olds understand intrinsic value? Not if we teach intrinsic value that you just are important. Like no, but we can help teach them that they are important. Hey, I didn't kick you out of the house. You've still got a little bit of value to valuable. me, okay? I get that government yeah. check once a month mm-hmm. now. So I got to keep you around. <laughs> so my what? The other weekend, I'm like, hey, Jill, what are you doing? She's like, this and this like, and this and this. And if things go so right, then these other 14 and things. And she's like, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, we have no plans. <laughs> All right, my turn. Yeah. My worst best. Best. My worst my best worst. No, your best. My worst best. My worst best. Best. And what's your worst? <laughs> um, I don't really have like a good parenting moment. I'm trying to think. Or a bad one? Yeah, we got bad ones. Oh, okay. Well, what's your bad one? You want to hear a story? Yeah, do we have time to hear a story? Shoot, girl, we got all the time in the world. I edit this sucker. I can cut out as much as I want. <laughs> cut all of your stuff and I'll keep my own. <laughs> this will be quick. Okay. All right. A couple weeks ago, Aubrey, maybe a week ago, Aubrey goes, hey, can I go over to Olivia's house after school? Olivia's her girlfriend. Can I go to Olivia's house after school? Yeah, you bet. You sure. Send me a text when you leave the school. Send me a text when you get to her house. Mm-hmm. I need you to be home on time. Mm-hmm. Now, I have taken a different stance to 
uh, curfew than most people. Most parents give the curfew, which, depending on what the kid has planned, you're setting them up for failure, right? So I'm thinking, hey, I'm a hip, cool dad, right? I'm I'm hip to the streets, right? <laughs> Aubrey, when are you going to be home? I'll be home at 10. Okay, that's fair, mm-hmm. right? 10 yeah. is fine. Yep, shows up at 11. <gasps> An hour? And... Okay, 15 I, minutes is I pushing I had been it. texting her and noticing that none of my text messages were getting read. Oh. Someone left her phone home. Oh. And she, an hour? That's a long fucking time. Yeah, I lost, I lost, track, of, I lost track of time and I didn't have my phone. Right. But Olivia has a phone and her mom has a phone. And, and there's has probably a phone, clocks in the house. And her sisters and brothers have phones. Like, and I bought you a watch for Christmas. You never wore it. Like you're saying, hey, why don't you wear your freaking watch? Because I paid good money for it. Grounded. Right? <laughs> so I just tell her, I'm like, okay, we're done going to friends' houses after school. Yeah, for a while. That was a one Stupid. and done. One and done. <gasps> right? Kids. You're done. You're toast. Yeah. So um, I think it was Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Hey, Dad, can I go over to Olivia's? Yeah, you bet. When are you going to be home? 10.30. Sweet. She asked me for a ride at 7. She's on her phone in the car, right? She's got her phone. Mm-hmm. We're good. All right. Drop her off. Come home. It's 10.15, 10 10.30. Hey, bug, you're late. Where are you? No answer. 10.45. Hey, bug, you're late. Where are you? 10.50, she comes walking in. Oh, hi, Dad. <sighs> I was like... She's 13. Yeah, I was like, why are you late? Oh, I lost track of time. No. Where's your watch? Oh, it's charging. Well, I've asked you a million times to wear your watch, and if you had your watch, you wouldn't lose track and of time. And she had her phone. And I was like, where's your phone? I left it in the car. Did she? Yeah. <sighs> she put it in the little side pocket when she got out of the car. But still... To go to her girlfriend's house so that parents can't reach her. Oh... Okay. Right? I see, see where I'm going? Yeah. So I'm asking her, what's your, what's your excuse? I lost track of time. Well, you can't use that because you used it last time. And I told you to start wearing your watch because it's a smart watch and you could text and call me from it. Yeah. You know? What's your next excuse? I didn't have my phone. Okay. You used that last time. So mm-hmm. we can't use that excuse this time. And you know that everyone in that house has a phone. Yeah. So what's your excuse now? I don't know. All right. It's, so I don't give a shit. So it was a... Uh, Bring me your phone. Bring me your watch because you don't use them. So if you're not going to use them, yeah, there's no there's no reason for you to have them. Good. And that's why we're doing that. Like, yeah. Let's do your laptop as well because I know you're going to be up late at night texting with your girlfriend on your laptop. So yeah. let me get that too mm-hmm. because I'm done. Yeah, we're not doing this. And then maybe next month. She's she's already almost failing two classes. School's been going for two weeks. Mm. So I had to tell her I'm not doing it this year. Yeah. I'm not staying on top of you. We'll address this when report cards come. Mm-hmm. Good That's luck. It. And I, I had to explain to her the way that like credits work when you're going to school in junior high and high school and college. And how you have to have so many of each before you can go on to the next. And yeah. I was like, you're going to end up repeating some classes with some underclassmen. It's going to be embarrassing, but that's your life to live. Yeah, totally. So we're not on good terms right now because she's but mad at me because I took everything away. But that's awesome that like you stayed chill and I feel like the the punishment matched the crime. You ready for the thing. kicker? Yeah. Mikkel happened to see some of her text messages from her girlfriend who texted her 55 times in the matter of an hour oh. about how nice it was to make out. Oh. So I not mean, only was she late, they were doing that. but she was late because she's over there making. So I'm like, well, if her parents aren't there to watch you guys to make sure you're not getting into trouble, then you can't go over to their house now. Yeah. Which is funny because they were like, oh, you can't go over to Aubrey's house until we meet her parents. Well, if all you're doing is making out and then like they were like, they wanted to plan a sleepover and I had to be like, look, you don't have sleepovers with people you're dating. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so that was, that was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. The what now is we'll just kind of see what she does. She came to me the other night. She was in tears and she's like, I'm sorry. I've been a jerk. I need to change some things. And I said, "Good, change them. Yeah. And then we'll talk. Yeah. Because I appreciate you saying sorry, but it's just words. Yeah. If you don't put them into action, I can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. So that's the what now. It's just kind of waiting to see what happens.
happens. Well, you'll have to let us and the listeners know. There will be updates whether yeah. they're good or bad. Good for you for bad. just like stepping back though and like letting her own her shit. Well, I had to tell her there's cool stuff. I was like, look, we've been doing this for eight yeah, years. Yeah, like I'm done. And nothing's changed. Yeah, so good luck. Goodbye. I got let enough me know shit if you going need on anything. in my life. Exactly. Yeah, You're you old do. enough that school is yours now. Yep. And I told her, I'll help you. Whatever you need help with. So many parents just enable their kids though and keep like... Well, and I was thinking about it as I was driving here tonight. I was like, I was like, but I've done everything. But I haven't. The only thing I haven't done is nothing. Yeah. And nothing is always an option. Yeah. So I'm doing nothing. I don't think school. that's a worst. I think that's a best. Yeah. I'm doing nothing with school Why this not? year. I knew which button. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing nothing with school this year. Yay. If she needs help. I'm there to help. You don't have to go to junior high again. Congratulations. That, it must feel great. She's on her own. Yeah. That's but amazing. I hope she asked for my help because she needs it in math. Yeah. Because she's doing algebra and they did algebra in elementary school. I'm like, look, with algebra, you can check your answer. Yeah. It's really easy. Just, it's usually in the back of the book, actually. Well, my teacher says I need a scientific calculator. It's been two weeks. How come you didn't tell your parents? Mm-hmm. I think that does it for us today. Yeah. On this episode of Unqualified Parenting. Like, subscribe, rate us. Share, tell your family and friends to listen. We're on Instagram at Unqualified Parenting. If you have any topics you'd like discussed, if any stories of where our advice helped or didn't help, you can email us at... Hello at UnqualifiedParenting.com. I think that does it. You have survived another fortnight of parenting. Goodbye. Unqualified Parenting is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Jennifer Jones and Cody Reese. With special thanks to our families and listeners for making each episode possible. <laughs>